but you have officially tuned into another episode of Universal. And of course, I am the queen, Lady AC. Hopefully, everybody had a good weekend and a good week so far because we've officially made it to hump day. Because once we get over this hump, we get right back to the weekend. But for right now, we're going to enjoy this moment. Like I always say, you're going to enjoy it with me. So, yes. So, today's topic is something I do talk about periodically, but I never really focus the show on. But before I get into that, I want to highlight some blackness that happened. Of course, uh, definitely want to shout out to the GOAT, <laughs> Serena Williams, who, although she faced backlash, or in my opinion, complete racism or discrimination due to the type of outfit that she wears when she performs her duties on the tennis court. Shout out to that black tutu. <laughs> yes. That she sported going to the French Open, so shout out to her for that. Um, I think I forgot to mention this, but I know it's all in media. Of course, shout out always to LeBron for opening that school in his hometown. And just shout out to everyone just doing, regardless of how this system tries to hold us back every day, just doing what you do and living your life. <laughs> or as they say now, living your best life. <laughs> or living it like it's golden or whichever way you feel. I want to first kick off starting that. But if I have to be honest with our reality, is that in the times that we are living in, mm, almost every day or every other day, I'm seeing another black body, another black life that had so much value, so much to add, so much that could have been our next leader, that could have been living their best life being taken away from us and it's the same old song of police brutality so yeah that's what the topic's gonna be about today's show is police brutality of course but you already know because y'all know me or if this is your first time listening first of all welcome um but yes if this is your first time listening i always have to give my own perspective about it or my own unique perspective about it, I should say so myself. So yes, the topic of the day is police brutality because enough is enough. Shout out to all the freedom fighters that are constantly fighting it every day. They're constantly protesting, constantly living their lives. But at the same time, they gotta stop. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that a little bit later, so definitely stay tuned because in the meantime, I'm going to have some good music for you, some good spoken words, and we'll talk about it, all right? All right. Admitting my faults and falling short for everyone to see. Hey. Mm-hmm. 
And I'll be on the rooftop basking in the moonlight Searching for a star to bring me back to where I came I'll be on the rooftop singing with my arms high Hoping that my voice will keep me sheltered from the rain I'll be on the rooftop basking in the moonlight Searching for a star to bring me back to where I came I'll be on the rooftop singing with my arms high Hoping that my voice will keep me sheltered from the rain I'll buy a one-way ticket to London and learn to miss you with distance Fly away from our problems cause they're too giant to fix And Goliath, he fell with faith, Leviathan sinking ships All this suffering, am I righteous or is silence on my lips? I stay quiet cause when I speak, I don't seem to do us justice Discussions of you and me empty out and leave us with nothing But this nature and this knowing doesn't mean I shouldn't fly Just means an ocean between us could conclude in a goodbye And I'm hoping it's not for always, hoping it's not for good Hope floating me drifting away just like you said it would Can't imagine my being belonging to someone new Can't fathom my forever with anybody but you I'd bet on us every time but this compass is pointing westward Explaining how I'm feeling fall short with even my best words The best term for this would be unconditional proof Even on my best days I'm barely deserving you hey. Oh, every time I see you And we are back. If you're listening to me on the Anchor app, um, that was the Ghetto Boys with mine playing tricks on me. And then before that, I gave you Miss an independent artist by the name of Ivy Soul. And that was her song called Rooftops. Um, both of those songs are very important because the very first one, the Ghetto Boys, um, anyone who is a big hip-hop fan or um, any, any knowledgeable, really, of hip-hop, um, over the past weekend, we lost another voice of music. Um, the Ghetto Boys DJ, Mr. Reddy Red, DJ Reddy Red, passed away over this past weekend at a very young age, I think. He wasn't even 50 yet. Like, I don't, like, I really think, yeah, he wasn't even 50, or he at least hit 50. I think he died at the age of, let me get it correct, um, died at the age of 53. So still relatively a very young um, age. So shout out to his family, much love to his family. And then before that, uh, with Ivory Soul's song called Rooftops, she was acknowledging of course, it was a beautiful song at the same time, but she was also not acknowledging the victims, um, the black women that are victims of police brutality, because today's topic is about police brutality. There's so much that can be said on this topic that hasn't already been said, um, but you know me, I always like to give a different perspective on the issue. I always find a different perspective. And what I found very unique or what I found very troubling, I guess for me, is how this continues. Like it is almost, like not even just the ones that are being recorded, because for everyone recorded, I feel like there are so many more that don't even see the light of day. So I'm not even gonna say because it's being recorded frequently or it seems like it's happening every day, but in a sense, it's almost like it is. And it's like, it keeps happening over and over and over again. And it's the same song, black, you know, black young man, young woman, grown man, grown woman, child, elder, you know, an elder, uh, taken away. The police offer makes up some kind of excuse because that's what they are, they're excuses for taking lives. People, you know, sit on it a little bit and then the cop goes back to to doing what they do. Meanwhile, the victims become hashtags that become, you know, 
they become like victims they become like the predators or basically turn the light is turned on them versus the person that murdered them and, and this cycle keeps repeating over and over and over again and what aggravates me I think about that so much is the cops themselves the people who do this the people who defend these actions it's because they carry themselves as if that's okay that if the fact they were threat they felt threatened they felt scared or they didn't know what to do or all these things that they're trained to know how to handle because the same training that they receive to kill them is the same training they use to try to get off. And it's the same song and dance every time that is cut by the media, that is cut by society and spewed back out to where literally it's almost like we get desensitized with every body that's taken. And I hate to refer to them as bodies because these are human beings that are losing their lives. These are people who were dreams. These are people who want to live their best life, that are going after this life, going after everything that they're trying to do. These are people who could have been the ones, the great leaders that we keep talking about that are missing. These people could have been or could have created the cures that we're talking about that all these diseases needed and all the stuff, but we'll never know that because due to discrimination, due to hatred, due to internalized hatred, racism, the system, whichever way you want to look at it, but all that combined went into that bullet that took that life. And in my mind, it's like no one thinks about that. Like like when I say not no one thinks about it, I mean the people who pull the trigger. That doesn't go through their mind at all. All they see is that someone doesn't comply to what they feel they should have. No, and, and when I say comply, you know, because the song and dance, or excuse me, excuse me, the verbiage is that, you know, the verbiage is that, you know, you're supposed to make sure your hands are present, hold your hands up, don't make sudden moves, make sure you're respectful, make sure you show your ID when they ask for it, make sure you do this. And there are people who literally lost their lives doing every single thing, doing all of that. They even, there were people who weren't even given a chance <laughs> to comply because of the internalized prejudice or the internalized discrimination or the learnt racism that they had and that they choose not to correct. Because the thing is, they practice caution. And I feel it's an excuse. The reason I say it's an excuse is because they practice that caution when they integrate other people. These dangerous folks that have killed folks, shot up schools, movie theaters. Um, this recent one um, here at this video game tournament in Florida. They handled that w- with such care. They approached him so well. Like I've seen videos of people so incoherent and fighting and biting and cussing, and yet the police are practicing such caution. Although maybe they may have their guns drawn or or they have the handcuffs ready, but they practice so much caution, so much time. But as soon as the victim's skin is melanated, all that go out the window. And they know that. And the reason they continue to do that is because they know they would get away with it by saying that same old poetry, that same old poem. So I found the spoken word that kind of talks about that. (laughs) So without further ado, here is our first spoken word of the show. Note the creative phrasing, the novel juxtaposition of words. The officer discharged his weapon, striking the individual. Note how the poem is so well constructed, the newspapers print it as is. Note how they call it a perfect storm of human error. 
Poetry is weather, after all, not climate. Note this attention to detail, height, weight, what size pants he wore, the specific model of toy gun. Poetry is, after all, about zooming in on these concrete particulars. Note how precise they are with their cuts, history, context, connections, trends. They focus only on what is necessary. So every time we hear the poem, it feels fresh again. Note their mastery of repetition. Note how they show all the things they cannot tell. Yes. Yes, yeah, see, that was very short, but very powerful. That was a spoken word by the talented, talented artist by the name of Garant. And that was his song called Police Make the Best Poetry. Uh, the Police Make the Best Poets, excuse me. And that is so powerful to me. That poem was so powerful to me because that's literally what they do every time the repetition the same description but how crafted their excuses are how tailored the excuses become although it's so repetitive because all these situations tend to happen the same way the same way the same way once again once again back to back although the victims are different the story is still the same. I felt threatened. They had a gun. They had a weapon. I had no choice. And yet, right there, the media takes it and once again uses those words to once again make them look like the heroes. Make them look like, in a twisted sense, make them look like the victims conquering an enemy. Once again, they do everything as they make the police look like the victims. They do everything so detailed to make the victims, like they point out every flaw from what they wear to what they look like from their height to their bodies. The media does their job to go out their way to find the most degrading, most degrading picture of these people if they have a mug shot they use it if they have you know a picture what they took when they were young of them holding guns or gang signs or having a good time at a party or anything like that they use that picture once again using it to demonize to dehumanize these black people and they've done that every single time and have packaged it and sold it and there are people out there who literally look at that and think that it was justified to take these lives. Once again, the police get off. And in a sense, it feels like they go back to their lives, but in my mind, in our consciousness, even the most unconscious still has a conscience. And I know this gets at them so much, but what angers me um, is how they still try to carry on life like it's normal. Like, literally, that they just, like, it was just an accident that happened, and now they're just trying to move on with their lives. It's no accident of killing somebody. Especially you had no warrant, no reason to do so. Nothing. I just saw an article yesterday where a cop, the cop that killed, um... Let me get it correct, because I want to show, because it shocked me to read it. Um, let me see. The cop that fatally shot a black man in Tessalusa. Um, cop, her, I, I don't want to say her name, because I really feel she shouldn't get any more attention. But this is the cop, the black, white female cop that shot... Um, Terrence Crutcher in Tessalusa back in 2014. I read an article yesterday that says now she's going out and educating police officers about how to overcome and I quote surviving such incidents as these. She's literally this cop, this murderer excuse me cop um, 
is going around teaching other cops how to overcome. <laughs> What, what, what's the importance of the class? What do you feel you're getting out of this? Or are you trying to, once again, use an excuse of why you shouldn't have went through what you went through, when the reason you did is because you took the life of an unarmed black person who did nothing to you, and it didn't matter if they were armed either. Because if they didn't pose no threat, if they weren't, you know, they didn't steal nobody, they didn't hurt nobody, they didn't do anything, just because they matched a image of what you thought was somebody who caused harm. Did you take the time to practice caution and ask? Did you take time to practice caution and check their license, their ID? No, she didn't. As soon as they pulled him over, they shot him. She shot him. And that's what happens in all these cases. but yet you have the right or you feel you need to teach people. And of course, the city of Tuscaloosa, um, there is, uh, I'm not gonna sit there and say that she's going about this and there's no um, no backlash. Of course, there were uh, protests or speaking out according to the article um, that people in Tuscaloosa are speaking out against it or fighting against her actually doing that but she is pushing to try to have these classes by some time this week and that uh, later um, within the week of the month. But, you know, it's so crazy. And then um, I'm not, once again, I'm not gonna repeat their names because I do not want them to continue to get the platform. Um, the killer of Trayvon Martin. Like I said, I played the song earlier from the docu-series by Black Thought. After the docu-series came out, he stalked, harassed the producer of the film to stop him from, pretty much in his mind, defaming him or causing defamation, excuse me, defamation is the correct word, but you know, for about the content that he was producing. And in my mind, I'm still wondering, why is this man able to walk around? Just a couple years ago, he tried to enter himself into a celebrity boxing match. <laughs> a celebrity boxing match. So you literally think you a celebrity. You got celebrity off of killing somebody. That's not something to be proud of. But yet, in a sense, with this poetry that they spit, I can see why they think they can use a celebrity or they think they can use these platforms now that they have to do something with it. And that's crazy to me because the platform should be don't kill us. <laughs> simple. <laughs> Nothing. Very simple. And I had to cut the music for that so y'all can hear that. <laughs> Simple. But here we are. So the message on that is that we still have to fight. We still have to push to end this. And there are multiple ways to fight this. We are not as victimless, uh, victims or powerless as we think we are. 
And it's not going to take just also going in the streets. It's not going to take just voting. It's going to take a collective of all of this to end this. Not saying it's just these things, but it takes each and every single one of these. It takes voting. It takes protesting. It takes legislation. It takes strategy. It takes all these things. And we just got to figure out our roles in it to continue to fight this because we know this cannot last and what I would love to see is initiative because the system that's killing us, it's not up to us, the people who are victims of it, to fix it. It's up to the people who benefit from this, too, to fight as well. But once again, it's put all on us. And so next thing you know, because of that, perceptions start to happen. And, and almost as if to combat the police or to combat these narratives or this poetry. <laughs> that they always spit so eloquently <laughs> that sometimes the narrative of the people that they're killing also gets crafted also gets pushed so you start hearing things such as you know oh well they were astounding student they were such a loving person they were this they were that once again they're pushing their accolades to kind of fight back against the negative imagery that's being put on which I understand in a sense but it has a dangerous kind of perspective with that but I'm gonna stop it right there because we're gonna talk a little bit about that later <laughs> in the show but um, yeah, that'll be my second point so hold that thought hold that moment Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to step back because I know that was lying. I got a little deep in that. And I ain't going to lie. But that's just where it is in my heart. Does this got to stop? I'm tired of seeing people that look like me, that look like my family members, that look like my friends, that look like people I work with, that are losing their lives over senselessness. Losing their minds out of out of a lack of common sense, or losing their mind, <laughs> losing their lives due to hatred. I'm tired of it. I am. But I guess I'm a back away, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that later. I got some more good music and good spoken words coming up for you, so stay tuned.
rest in power, rest in paradise If I could change matters, I would spare a life Cause lives matter, it's clearly nothing as dear as life You have become a symbol in the spirit life Rest in power, rest in paradise If I could change matters, I would spare a life Cause lives matter, it's clearly nothing as dear as life You have become a symbol in the spirit life In America, one tradition at last is black blood Woven into the fibers of the flag Not addressing the problems of the past To nowhere fast, we're following the path So-called leaders on hire for the clan Still raping and setting fire to the land Well, that's the climate, how can I become a man? If survival is a triumph and we got the underhand Listen, one killer, one child, one weapon The shooter was unthreatened, 71 seconds So many unanswered questions I see reflections of myself, I feel like in fatherhood We all connected Too long before the shooter was arrested So wrong worldwide, we've been affected To them it's real, sins of the father remembered still For every Trayvon Martin, there was an image tale How many more kids will, we wait for them to kill My tears collected like raindrops on a windowsill If the wounds heal, the memories never fade I wonder if you're in heaven's 11th grade 6,230 days, too young of an early age Such evil and worldly ways, the thing in which we believe The way in which we behave, the way in which we've evolved The mindset that we became, listen Rest in power, rest in paradise To all the babies too young to have had to pay the price Cause lives matter, there's clearly nothing as dear as life You have become a symbol in the spirit life Rest in power, rest in paradise Know as long as you still got somebody here to fight Your lives matter, there's clearly nothing as dear as life You have become a symbol in the spirit life back thank you so much for tuning in to universal right here only here with the queen and lady ac um and just to let you guys know you know if you have any questions comments concerns or you just want to say hey i am on all social medias at queen and lady ac so definitely let me know what you think of the program and everything and i do have a facebook page um it's facebook.com backslash queen and lady ac so check me out let me know your comments there too um, but the music you just heard, that was Black Thought with a powerful song called Rest in Power. And before that, I gave you independent artists by the name of Anna Wise and Xavier Omar, formerly known as Spazzy Rocket. That was their um, song called Easy. So, yes. But, of course, I opened up uh, with Black Thought, that uh, Rest in Power because we're talking about a topic of police brutality and that was the song he actually created for the docu-series um, that aired on BET in these past couple of weeks um, detailing the case of Trayvon Martin, the young African-American boy that was shot down um, in, his, in his parents' suburb because he was perceived as a threat um, by a quote-unquote night watch men. And I and for reasons because I do not want him to have a platform. I do not want his murderer to get any more attention. I'm not gonna say his name, but for pop culture everybody knows unfortunately who the, his name is. But we're gonna uplift Trayvon because that's what I tend to do is to lick up is to lift up black voices, black people, especially because I'm black, so you know, if we don't rep for us, who will? So I definitely have to do that. Um, <laughs> or I take it upon myself to do that, first and foremost. But, yes. <laughs> but as uh, we continue this, this discussion excuse me, of police brutality, I'm starting to notice a trend of us observing not observing but asserting the humanity of or kind of like justifying or justifying the humanity of these black people that are dying and I'm going to explain that when I say justify humanity is that we all I've seen this trend of when these people are dead are you know killed and they're basically their characters are run through the ringer i mean they like they bring up everything that this person has ever done bad they show every image of this person that that's deemed you know 
you know, not citizen-like or what, whichever way they try to turn the story to really make it like it justifies that they died. And that is from, you know, from the police who kill them to the media that spins the story to society, you know, kind of putting society at the, at the judge seat or the jury section to kind of judge, like, and be... And there literally are people out there who feel that these people who have lost their lives, all the numerous people who have lost their lives, that deserved it because they should have complied. Or, or, well, if you weren't a thug, you wouldn't do that. Or if you pulled your pants up, but if you weren't no welfare... Like, it creates these very dangerous narratives so within that there are people constantly pushing and showing how oh well no he graduated high school he he or she went to college or they were a professor or they were a good person or they would do this and that and which I understand you know you're trying to show an image and back you know excuse me not back but the word I'm trying to say is not necessarily back it but you're trying to overshadow the negativity or basically the degrading of their humanity or who they were but it kind of turns into this like it's a duality of it because as you're observing these positive attributes and all these different kind of things well yeah well that is not a reason for them not to be killed. Maybe their lives were worth it because that's just, because their lives weren't worth it because they were humans. Why do we have to constantly push out there that they were a good person, that they did, you know, did um, volunteer work, that they were teachers, that they had degrees, that we had to do this? Because these suits and ties, these degrees, pulling up your pants, they don't save you in this system. Like, there were people who have lost their lives who weren't the people who had degrees. They weren't that. And it doesn't mean that their life was less valuable because they didn't. And that's what I'm saying is that this absurdity of constantly pushing that they were a good person, they were a good person, they were educated, they were this, it's kind of, in a twisted sense, it's kind of showing that, well, they don't deserve to die because of this. When the platform should be, they don't deserve to die, period, if they did nothing wrong. It doesn't matter if they had a degree. It doesn't matter if they pants were sacking. It doesn't matter if they had a picture showing them holding a gun. Or it doesn't matter if they had a picture of them holding money. It doesn't matter if they had a picture of them in their cap and gown or, at, you know, happy with their children or single by themselves. It doesn't matter. The point is that matters is that they didn't deserve to die. And if they did do something wrong, they deserve to, you know, be arrested, be processed, go to the trial, have their day in court, do all that. That have that due process. That is the process. That is how the system is supposed to work. Well, allegedly it's supposed to work. <laughs> but at that moment, these guns are drawn on these black men, on these black women, on these black children. At that moment, that officer becomes the judge, the jury, and they sentence them to death. They don't get that process at all. But what I find, uh, like, once again, going back to my perspective is that, and after that narrative, there comes this push of positively showing how because they were good people, because they did this, because they did that, they didn't deserve to die. And I feel that narrative also is not good to push to. I get, like like I said, on, on one end, I do get um, the perspective that we do need to, um, you know, to not buy into the negative spin on these people's lives and everything. You want to combat that, that I understand. But at the same time, it shouldn't be the reason why their life mattered. Because black excellence is a multiple of things. It's not just you having a degree. It's not just you being a good person. It's not just you, you know, doing that. It's literally because you're a human being. And as long as you are loving yourself and someone else and showing respect for someone and someone else, that's it. 
Your life matters, period. It doesn't matter who, what you did in that life. Your life matters, period. But for some reason, it's almost like we put these stipulations or we have to build up a person to do it, to show that value, when that shouldn't be the case. And I found a spoken word that kind of speaks to that. So without further ado, here is our second spoken word of the show. Where we used to take food out of the mouths of boys who never considered a world where they would not be fed. 
who never had to come home from college with one good leg and one sick grandfather and one whole hood being swallowed by shopping malls. And isn't this the story you were expecting? The one where I do not have to tell you that the hero is dead. I say a black boy's name in a poem and the black boy already begins to disappear from head to toe. I do not have to say the word burial to have the taste of fresh dirt grow right under my tongue and so I will not name the boy dead. You can still imagine him as anything that will help you survive the night. The truth, though, is that I come from a place where no one goes back to jail. We choose what box we will rot in. I am lucky that mine has windows, pays me a fair wage, gives me a week off to attend a funeral. I once saw Jason make 12 shots in a row. I have played enough of the game to know when it doesn't matter if you put a hand up. I once saw Jason holding his outstretched arms into the breeze of this violent machine while the net still trembled from another gentle kiss. Ode to the gentle kiss, ode to the violent machine, ode to the violence, ode to the endless scroll of names crawling out of my phone, ode to the bed, ode to the glow of the telephone screen, ode to the rage that pours from it, ode to the night, ode to the nightmare, ode to not knowing which darkness will come for you next, ode to the sleep, ode to not sleeping, ode to the cloak of sleeplessness, ode to lying about why you look so tired, ode to watching yourself vanish on an endless loop with no trigger warning, ode to the endless trigger, ode to the endless warning, the one that says they will not fight for you until you are dead, as long as you are a man who does not love men, as long as you are smiling in at least one one photo, head tilted, an avalanche of joy overflowing in your mouth. I only have one mouth. I cannot make it into a graveyard for you anymore. I just learned how to make room inside for the name of someone who loves me. I blow it into the sky and it takes the shape of my mother's face. I am running out of room for all the other names. I don't know how to go a day without them spilling at my feet. I say Mike and a cardinal lands on my shoulder. I say Trayvon and a rainbow stretches over a city where it doesn't rain. I say Sandra and a new tree grows in my father's front yard. It stretches to the sky. It carries armfuls of light back to where he rests and reminds him that I am still a whole body in another summer of black smoke. Yes, yes. Powerful, powerful. I had to snap at that poem right there. Um, that was an once again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, but that was Hanif Abdurrahman, and that was his spoken word. That was called "The Crown Ain't Worth Much," and there, that was his interesting take on police brutality, or his friend Jason, who was a victim of police brutality. Um, what is so powerful about that poem to me was that he showed not only talking about police brutality from the experience of a black man who's experienced it or witnessed it and his friend felt tragic to it, but just the perspective of has he talked about the different ways of black of the black experience. Pretty much his friend Jason was, at the same time, he was this basketball star. He was loved by people. He was that. He also was in the streets hustling. He smoked. He smoked weed or reefer, whichever way you call it. He smoked, um, he smoked, he did smoke black seed, you know. He, you know, hustled folks. He went against people. And at the same time, his life was taken unjustly. And in this poem, he speaks about, what was powerful about it is that he's showing that his life still was valuable. Regardless of his background, regardless of who he was, yeah, they may have did things or shouldn't did things when they were younger, but it didn't mean he had to lose his life. And that goes back to the point that I was making is that in police brutality, I hate how it has to be overexerted or overpushed how good of a person was, how many accolades they had, how sweet they were, how amazing they were, which they all could have been and which are all they do have. But it should not be used to justify that they were worth living, that they shouldn't have died. The fact is, they shouldn't have died, period, because their life is valuable, period. Black life does matter regardless of what this system tries to say, these police, this system, this um, 
this media, the society, regardless of what it literally is saying, when they take black bodies away like they do, despite all that, these bodies matter. We matter. You matter. And the thing about that is, and the narrative starts to change when victims are starting to be heard because as you see how even that sometimes even within the narrative of police brutality the fight begins to change the narrative begins to change because then we start focusing on certain victims and not others we start to look at the grand big or the ones that get the when I say the grand big with looking at the ones that gain the most media attention and not realizing the instances of police brutality right here in our own backyards. You know, like we, 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 like, of course, everybody saw Sandra Bland, everybody saw Trayvon Martin, everybody saw those. But what about the police brutality right here in Atlanta, surrounding areas of the metro Atlanta? These young men <laughs> and women that have lost their lives right here. Troy Davis, Nicholas Thomas, right here, killed on this soil, killed in this country. Matter of fact, Georgia was the first to execute a 13-year-old boy back in the early, what I want to say, 40s, 30s, because he was accused of hurting white women. And he was only 13, 12, 13 years old. And they gave him the death penalty for a crime he never committed. Now you stretch to police brutality now, because the thing about police brutality is not just the police themselves, it's that whole legal system that adds to it. Because guess what? These police keep getting off by doing the due process <laughs> themselves. So we have to be conscious of the words that we also believe and spread. All these lives matter, regardless if they had the squeaky clean record or if they had a jail record or if they were on probation or if they were minding child support or if they weren't a good mother or a good father or if they didn't do, it didn't matter. What kind of person they were, their life was valuable. Period. Yes, it's okay to combat the negative stereotypes and show how good of a person they are, but don't make that the main platform you use to justify not killing them. To justify that life matters regardless of what kind of person they were. As long as they weren't in the process hurting nobody, stealing from nobody that caused them, and even if they did, they deserve to you know they deserve to be arrested to be charged to be have that due process and then have their fate their fate should not be determined at that moment if they did hurt somebody if they did sue somebody give them that due process and do that and then from there if they're meant to go to jail if they're meant to do that then yes okay but don't Make up charges. Don't make up in your mind. Don't use these excuse of ignorance. This hatred, this internalized racism, this <laughs> genuine <laughs> outside racism, this system, or just your frustration that the inferior does not respect your superior to justify killing. Because these lives matter. So, and that's how I feel about that. I do. And that was said, the spoken word was so powerful because it breaks down all of that. And when I, I want to make go back to another point is that, like I said, the narrative starts to change to explain that a little bit. When I said that, is that now we, in a sense, and you know, looking at it from multiple perspectives, 
we do see how black male victims are main are talked about more and how black female <laughs> or women who are victims of police are never talked about nowhere near the caliber of the black men that are killed yeah, uh, you know, Sandra Bland definitely got that platform, but her mother pushed her name to you could not forget to say it. Not to say that these other women's families didn't do the same, but hers so happened to catch the media's attention, unfortunately, in that case. But to see that nobody, as we see marches for everyone, when it comes to male victims, but when their victims are female, women. Nobody shows out, nobody talks about it on the level that they do if the victim was a male. And that's also an issue too. Because all these people, because what shows is that all of us are affected. Because it's getting to the point, they're killing white people too. <laughs> they're killing Hispanic people too they're killing Native Americans everybody and because they're getting away with it with us so they feel they can get away with it with everybody else and guess what they are I think only of all the people of everybody who has been um, convicted or who has unfortunately killed an unarmed person in one instance, I think, I can remember the case, the white woman that was killed by the police, they got justice because he was found guilty. And then recently, yesterday, the young man um, who was killed, the 15-year-old who was killed, um, I'm a, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice going in and out. Um, and I'm gonna mention that one because I definitely, this case actually surprised me as well. Um, because back in 2014, an uh, officer killed an unarmed black, black boy who was 15 years old. His name was Jordan Edwards. Back in 2014, he shot and killed him. Just yesterday, his trial, that officer was found guilty. And that is huge. <laughs> Especially in this rate of them going on and off and on and off of it repeating itself constantly of these people using the same excuses to get off yesterday just yesterday this cop was found guilty for killing this boy We also have to take responsibility for ourselves and not feed into or create our own narratives when fighting this issue. We have to help everybody. We have to talk about everybody. We have to show up for everybody. We can't wait until they die to feel that it's worthy to stand up for them, as the poem said. We can't wait. We have to start now, because police brutality has to stop now. That's my call. And I'm optimistic. 
I'm very, y'all know I am. <laughs> that it will. But we have to continue to fight this fight. And we will fight this fight. And by any means necessary. <laughs> mm, as my favorite, favorite black leader said, by any means necessary, we will continue to fight until this ends. Because police brutality is just the term under the umbrella of racism and this system. It's just one of the things that we have to end up in with. Because it's a part of a much larger system that we are, tr we are definitely going to take down. But still, with that being said, we still, this got to stop. Period. And that's my message on that. <laughs> All right. But anyway, I'm gonna pull it back. I'm gonna pull it back. I'm gonna come coming down. <laughs> I'm gonna play a little bit more music for you. Then I'll be right back. Okay. All right. And if you're listening to me on the Anchor app, that was Michael Jackson, the king of pop, uh, with They Don't Really Care About Us. I think that's a perfect song <laughs> to. And, of course, uh, today is the King of Pop's birthday, so happy birthday, belated birthday to Michael Jackson, who would have been 60 today. Um, but, yeah, so that song still, like I said, that was um, my very first introduction to Michael Jackson, that song. But little did I know how powerful it was because he also talked about violence and police brutality and just overall his anger with everything seeing that and the basically the message that they're sending is that they don't care about us our lives don't matter um and, and just hatred and just promoting that we're inferior and that's not true at all and like i said they get to the point that since they're getting away with killing us that they're killing everybody we're starting to see victims i mean of course with black and brown bodies but of course Native Americans um, have a very high rate of being killed by police or being missing or being hurt in police um, custody um, there are white people getting shot down by police and people are getting away with it and all of this is has to stop it has to and once again like I said I really am optimistic that we will overcome this because we are going to continue to fight we are going to continue to push for this to end we are not going to deal with this we have more power than we believe because everything we have that we need that we're looking for that we're waiting on is already within us we just have to tap into it and if they shoot me down <laughs> they're going to unleash a wrath that will overtake this system, overthrow this system. And once again, it will be for the people. We will be protected. You will serve us correctly. If not, because I really do believe in karma and what you put out, you definitely get back because that's the way the universe works. So I really do believe all these police aren't technically getting off. They may be getting off in the courts and the systems, but it's going to come back to them. It's going to come back. The backlash that they receive, and they can only imagine the karma that's coming back to them. I do fully believe that. But for all the victims, all the survivors of police brutality, all the victims once again to their families to their loved ones if you hear this we see you we hear you your child mother son cousin lover whoever they were their life mattered they are more than just a hashtag they're human that deserve to live and to dream and to love and all those different things but it was cut short due to someone's excuse of ignorance And that is not nobody's fault but themselves, but this system's. That if they did do something wrong, then they deserved that day in court. They deserved to go through that due process. 
not to be shot down like they ain't worth anything because they are. No matter what kind of life they lived, no matter how many accolades or how they dressed or how they acted, their life had value. Your life has value. Okay? And that's it. So on that note, just to give it a positive spin on such a heavy negative situation, is that you will overcome, we will overcome excellence, like I said. It's us continuing to live every day of our lives to be unapologetic about it, to be honest about it, and to love. That's it. As simple, and like I said, with the vulnerability and everything I've been sharing throughout my my show, that's realness, and that's what I've learned to this point. That's, it's a lot of work on our parts within the work we have to do with ourselves, but that's one way we combat this system, by fixing ourselves. Then, once we love ourselves and fix ourselves and strong in who we are, then we attack this system where it is. We fight, we vote, we protest, we argue, we continue to bring attention, all those good things. And this system will will listen. This system will get the message. This system will know that their days are numbered for these cops getting off. Like I said, I am very hopeful, especially with the sentencing of the cop of the 15-year-old boy, a 15-year-old boy named Terrence, who was shot and killed. With his sentencing yesterday, the officer who took him, I am very hopeful that they will get this message. If not, they we will make them hear it. So until then, y'all, continue to love, continue to enjoy life, <laughs> continue to be the best you that you can and that you're designed to be. And I will see you guys next week. All right, y'all, the queen is signing off. I am on all social medias at Queen Lady AC. One word, so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to say hey, <laughs> definitely check me out. And I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Have a good rest of your week. <laughs>